country and all the world. And uh, if, uh, if you don't think so, I'll be glad to ship you over with Pastor Peter in Africa. We, uh, we were talking with Brother Mincer today, and they were talking about the number of Bibles uh, that uh, were sent over, shipped over, King James Version Bible shipped over to, to uh, Pastor Peter, and I, don't, I forgot the number already. 12,500 Bibles for preachers in, uh, in uh, Nigeria. And if you're familiar with the northern country, I know some of you were here, but I know there are a lot that weren't. Uh, in the northern country, uh, those folks that are believers are losing their life. The Muslims are just killing them. And then on top of that, if you're a farmer, this, uh, I found this to be very interesting as well. As a farmer, one of the, uh, one of the things that's happening is they've infiltrated um, a, a, a nomad group that wanders, and they will actually send their, their, uh, um, um, their uh, flock, uh, their livestock will send them across your farm, and they just eat up your farm. Uh, so, you know, what you were planning on making a living off of is gone. Uh, no bad. And if you come out, this one's the part that was, was very startling. If you come out to defend your land, they, they are just mowing them down with machine guns. Um, just, uh, you shake your head and go, that is not, um, you realize real quick, um, you know, as, as Brother Sheldon was, uh, as we were talking, I couldn't help but go, you know, one more, I'm thank you, Lord, that I live in America. We think it's tough, and we got nothing on those folks over there. And uh, they were talking, uh, he actually called Pastor Peter while we were at lunch today. So we're sitting in Arby's in Delaware talking with Pastor Peter in Africa, in Nigeria today. Um, and, uh, so, uh, mentioned that, um, I just, that is on top of everything, just absolutely amazing on top of, uh, the, just technology to be able to do so. Um, uh, you used to talk and it'd have such a lag that you couldn't hardly talk with each other. And, uh, we talked with him on a cell phone today and his sound like he was just across town. Uh, when you got right down to it, it was, it was pretty neat to be able to talk with him but uh, the price of uh, you realize their diet and the children's diet there at the orphanage predominantly rice and beans every once in a while you get a rock seriously the rock helps the weight and so those not so honest folks are putting rocks in with the beans um, and no order to help the weight of the bag and uh, and so every once in a while you get a rock with your dinner again enough to make you say I thank God that I live in America and uh, the privileges that we have we just don't know how good we have it when you uh, sit down and think about that by the way the cost of their food um, as he was talking today if I calculate it right it's about triple um, when he was talking about the cost of food uh, Sheldon asked him uh, how much uh, rice and beans were and and uh, at the moment, and, and 
uh, it is, uh, I'm pretty sure if I, like I said, if I calculated right, it was about three times. And um, I just, you, and they're having trouble finding rice. Um, so that uh, really makes you, you, you begin again. Um, most of us go, hey, not a problem. Go to the grocery store, right? Closest we've ever been to it is we, we didn't have toilet paper for a few weeks, right? <laughs> Even then, you could come up with ways um, to get around that. So, with all that said, thank you, Lord, for the privilege. All right, hang in there. Hang in with me because we're going to jump in. Two footed, both feet, it's Independence Day. Today is Independence Day. So with that said, in the summer of 1776, the Second Continental Congress was meeting in Philadelphia at Pennsylvania State House, later to be named Independence Hall. On June 7th, Richard Henry Lee of Virginia stood and he read this resolution. He said, Resolved that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved. The die was cast, and on June 11, 1776, a committee was formed, and the express purpose, or with the express purpose, of drafting a document that would formally sever the ties of the colonies with Great Britain. The uh, committee included Thomas Jefferson of Virginia, Benjamin Franklin of Pennsylvania, John Adams of Massachusetts, Roger Sherman of, uh, Sherman of Connecticut, and Robert R. Livingston of New York. July 1st, Congress reconvened, and the following day, the Lee Resolution for Independence was adopted by 12 of the 13 colonies. Immediately, Congress began to consider the declaration drawn up by the committee. Then, late in the afternoon of July 4th, 1776, the document known as the Declaration of Independence was officially adopted as church bells rang out all over Philadelphia. I read that and I go, can you imagine? There is so much in, in that portion that I just read that I go, hmm. Can you imagine our government being able to agree on anything to be able to get that done today? <laughs> I'm going to get, I know, I'm, I'm listening to you going, no, there's chuckles and laughs. You're going, no way. Couldn't make it happen. Realize that happened in a month. Possibly the greatest document of our history as a country they took care of in a month. That is amazing. That is amazing. And that document, the Declaration of Independence, become our, our nation one of the most cherished symbols of liberty. And, and uh, as we are celebrating today, Independence Day, uh, you realize, you go, look at the freedom. And as Americans, we have so much to be thankful for. We can walk through and say, I am so thankful for so much and so much to celebrate. So uh, I'm thankful. I'm proud to be an American. 
Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm proud. I'm thankful. I, I love America. I love my country. I'm grateful to be an American. And, and let me be clear to say that I don't love everything about America. There's enough about our country. There are enough challenges, and we could go on. But there are a lot uh, about America that, that disturbs us, grieves us, or even saddens us, if we'll be honest. And, and uh, many of the politicians of our country disappoint us. The political correctness uh, trend that, uh, that has gone about and the, and the cancel culture and the mindset of our country literally disgusts me. We, uh, you come along and many decisions of the Supreme Court distress me. Uh, the moral decline of our country disturbs me. America has its problem in a, and serious problems at that, yet in spite of all of its problems, I can say this, I still love my country. I love my country. And, uh, and I, uh, you look and you go, I, I don't know about you, but I know that when the national anthem's played, I still get goosebumps. I, uh, I, I, I still get a lump in my flag. Uh, yeah, a lump in my flag, a lump in my throat. <laughs> that made a lot of sense. A lump in my throat when I see the American flag. You say, I'm thankful. I, 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 I still straighten up with respect when I see a man or a woman in uniform with serving our country. We look and you go, there it is. And, you know, I don't know about you, but it's hard to keep from tears from coming in your eyes when you begin to realize not only some of the things they have given up, but some of the things that their brothers and sisters that they've gone in different places in this world to serve for you and I. And we can look and say, I, I, I think about the, the, uh, the, the, the ones that we can walk through and, and, uh, and say, you know, I'm, I'm thankful. And I believe that it's a slap in the face of our country when folks won't stand, when they'll kneel, when they'll do everything but show our country the respect and the reverence that it deserves. I believe it's a slap in the face of our military when they're not willing. They go, well, it's for this or for that cause. Oh, no. Do you realize it's because of what they've done that we even have the opportunity to have the freedoms that we enjoy for that time. We, 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 we ought to go, <laughs> look at where it is. So when it comes to the American flag, I'm not only proud that I to, to stand and to say the Pledge of Allegiance, but I, I also can say with H.C. Bunner when he said this, oh, off with your hat as the flag goes by, and let the heart have it say, you're man enough for a tear in your eye that you will never wipe away. Lift up the boy on your shoulder high and show him the faded shred. Those stripes would be as red as the sunset sky if death could have dyed them red. Off with your hat as the flag goes by. Uncover your youngster's head. Teach him to hold it holy and high for the sake of its sacred dead. And I believe that's to be true. We've got to teach our kids. We've got to teach our kids that there it is. See, there's the, the National Day of Independence, and 
I want to thank us as we, we look, but I love living in Ostrander because we do celebrate. We do celebrate. You can't go through this town on the 4th of July. Uh, yesterday's when we did our celebrating. You, There's no way you're going to come through this town and not say there's a little town who wants to celebrate the freedoms of this country. And I am so thankful that I live in a town that says when the orders were lifted, we're having, we're celebrating because we are America. We are the United States. And I look and I go, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that we can do so. And it's one thing to live in a nation where freedom, where there is freedom, but it's another thing to actually live in freedom. It's one thing to have it, it's another thing to live in it. See, it's one thing to, to celebrate a National Day of Independence, but do you realize it's another thing to celebrate a personal day of independence? See, we're going to look in the text today, and, and as, we, uh, as we jump in, our, our text is in John chapter number 8, and, and we're going to notice that Jesus said, Ye shall know the truth, and you ready? The truth shall make you free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And, and Jesus is talking about spiritual freedom and spiritual liberty, and he indicates that, that there are those who lack spiritual freedom and liberty. Notice carefully that Jesus speaks of those folks that are bound in sin. We, we read in verse number 34 that Jesus answered them, and he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is a servant to sin. He who commits sin is a servant to sin. And you look at that statement of Jesus very carefully, and he speaks of those who commit sin. And the word commit, Jesus uses, used a descriptive of, of that which is prolonged. In other words, Jesus wasn't talking about a one-time act of sin, but a continual dropping or a, a continual, continual committing of sin. In other words, somebody that doesn't stop. And, uh, and notice carefully what Jesus says about committing sin. He tells us that eventually one is enslaved by their sin, and Jesus spoke of the servant of sin, and the word servant speaks of a slave. A slave. Jesus was saying that there are those that are slaves to sin. They're, bondage, they're in bondage to sin. The committing of sin leads to one being chained by sin. Now, as we walk through and you go, there it is. And some time ago, I ran across a simple poem that illustrates what Jesus was saying. It's, it's a poem about a conversation between a young man and a heroine. That means a hero, by the way. A hero and a young man. Here it goes. He says, so now, little man, you've grown tired of grass. LSD, cocaine, and hash. And someone pretending to be a true friend said, I'll introduce you to Miss Heroin. Well, honey, before you start fooling with me, just let me inform you of how it will be. For I will seduce you and make you my slave. I've sent much stronger than you to their grave. Now you realize I was teasing you earlier, didn't Don't you? That heroin really is. See, you think you could never become a disgrace and end up an addict to, to poppy seed waste, so you start inhaling me one afternoon. You'll take me into your arms very soon, and once I've entered deep into your veins, and the craving will nearly drive you insane. You'll need lots of money, and as you have been told, 
For darling, I'm much more expensive than gold. You'll swindle your mother, and, and, and just for a buck, you'll turn into something vile and corrupt. You're, you'll mug and you'll steal for my narcotic charm and feel contentment when I'm in your arm. The day when you realize the monster you've grown into, you'll, you'll solemnly promise to leave me alone. And if you think you have the mystical knack, then, sweetie, just try to get me off your back. The vomit, the cramps, your gut tied in a knot, the jangling nerve screaming for just, just one more shot, the hot chills, the cold sweat, the, the withdrawal pains can only be saved by my little white grains. See, there's no other way. There's no need to look, for deep down inside you'll know you are hooked. You'll desperately run to a pusher, and then, well, you'll become welcome back me again well and when you return just as I foretold I know that you'll give me your body and soul you'll give me your morals you'll give me your conscience your heart and you'll be mine until death do us part that's just a simple poem and it's true not just about drugs but it's true about any sin sin always keep you longer than you want to stay and take you farther than you want to go and cost you more than you want to pay. Always. Always. And Jesus said, whosoever committeth sin is a servant of sin. But also notice that Jesus spoke of those that are, are blinded by sin. In verse 32, he spoke of the truth setting a person free. Jesus said, ye shall know the truth and this truth shall make you free. That word free is, is really cool that he he used to speak of someone that's been liberated or set free from bondage. See, in verse 33, the response of certain Jews to what Jesus said was, they answered him, we be Abraham's sin. We, we be Abraham's seed and, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? They said that they've never been in bondage to any man. They were saying our ancestors may have been in bondage in Egypt, but I've never been in bondage. I've never been locked up. You see in verse 34, Jesus explained that he's talking about spiritual bondage. Here's the point I want you to see. They were in bondage and they didn't even realize it. They were in bondage and didn't even realize it. They were not only bound by sin, they were blinded by their sin. They were blinded by their sin. They thought they were free when in reality they were in spiritual slavery. I really find it interesting as you talk with lost people to find that lost people really don't think there's anything wrong. Lost people will say, well, you know what, it's all right. I'll go spend eternity with my friends separated from God. Don't seem to bother them. When in reality, the Bible tells us over and over and over again that if we live in sin, that we too are going to be separated from God for eternity in a place called hell. And we go, well, it isn't any big deal. My sin isn't any big deal. It is a big deal. We have a holy God. And with a holy God, he says, don't. Somebody says, oh, it ain't that big a deal for me. Here, let me, let me give you this one. I've been reading this great book. 
And it says this. I loved it. John Knox, clear back in the 1500s, said something that applies to you and me today. And he said it this way. He said this. This is so good. I loved it. Are you sure you're ready? Yeah, okay. I just want to be sure. He says, if God says it's sin, then your opinion don't matter. I loved it. If God says it's sin, my opinion doesn't matter. Your opinion doesn't matter. Because it settles it. God says it, that settles it. It's done. Why do we argue with it? Why do we argue with God? And all of a sudden we look and you go, there it is. But you realize lost folks are blinded by sin. They don't see the sin that they're in. You don't even realize it. People are slaves to sin and all the time they're thinking they're free. There were many out living it up. We could say last night, that was a pretty prime example. I'm free to live any way I want to. Do whatever I want to. Go wherever I want to. And the whole time they're actually a slave to sin. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4.4, blinded by the God of this world. I hear young people say, oh, I can't wait till I'm 18, then I'll be free. <laughs> I know what they mean by that statement. They mean that they'll be able to get out from underneath the rules. Ah, they'll be able to get out from underneath. They'll be able to go out. They'll have the time of their life. Oh, wait a minute. I can be, when I turn 21, it'll all be legal. And you go, oh, pastor. But you know what? When they get out from underneath mom and dad's rules and standards. But the sad truth is, and the reality is, that's not freedom. That's bondage. That's bondage. The old song says, <laughs> and I already quoted it, but sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay. Sin binds and it blinds. See, the lack of freedom, the life of freedom, and the words of Jesus describes how people are slaves to sin, but he also declared that one could be set free in verse number 32. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Verse 36, the Son, therefore, if the Son, therefore, make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Praise God, no one has to live in sin's bondage. We can be set free. Notice the life of freedom that Jesus described. It's a deliverable life. Now, notice the word make you free in verse number 32, and then in verse number 36, and they're actually one word that means to be liberated or to be set free from bondage. Jesus was saying that the life of freedom is a delivered life. To be made free is to be delivered from sin's bondage. To be free is to have the chains of sin broken and to have your prison door open. It's to be free from the sins that, that so long held you bound and made you their slave. And praise God, we can be delivered from sin's bondage. I think it's amazing. We sat today, and I'm going to pick on Brother Sheldon, but I, uh, I learned more about Pastor Peter today there in Nigeria and I did not realize I knew that he was saved as an adult 
But I did not realize that he grew up 17 years in slavery. Give it to her. Pastor Peter spoke, or Brother Sheldon talked about uh, Pastor Peter being the fact that he had been in slavery for 17 years. And for 17 years, he served and took tremendous abuse. Tremendous abuse there in Nigeria. And at the end, they beat him. much left him for death before all of that took place there was a time when he was a kid and he went to a place where they were able to to teach him Bible verses and as a kid he heard those Bible verses and they memorized a few and it was at that point of near death that God reached into his soul and he come to a place where he said, Lord, save me. And he found the ultimate freedom that uh, you would ever find and ever could find. Thank you, Lord. I think of the gospel songwriter that wrote, and he said, "I So long I had searched for life's meaning, enslaved by the world and, and my greed, then the door of my prison was opened by love, for the ransom was paid. I was freed. I'm free from the fear of tomorrow. I'm free from the guilt of the past. For I've traded my shackles for a glorious song. I am free. Praise the Lord. Free at last. See, not only is a life that Jesus speaks of making you free, a delivered life, but it's a different life. Twice Jesus described those who had never been set free as servants of slaves. We've seen how in verse 34 he spoke of the servant, slave of sin. In verse number 35, the servant, slave, abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. Most scholars believe that verse 35 is what's called a, a parenthetical parable. That describes the difference between a slave and a son. And the slave has no permanent standing in the master's house because he's a slave. He can be sold to another master. Therefore, he doesn't have a permanent place. He, he doesn't have a standing in the home. But a son, that's a different story. See, because he's a son, he has a, a permanent place in the home, and as a son, he enjoys all the privileges of being a son. And Jesus is telling us that those who have been set free not only will enjoy a delivered life, but a different life. They're no longer slaves, but they become, they become sons. But as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God. See, so when we look and you say, before my Independence Day, I was a slave. I had nothing to look forward to but life of chains and slavery. But thank God, on my Independence Day, I became a son of God. I no longer have to live in the slave house. I live in the father's house. Instead of enduring the burdens of, the, of being a sin slave, I enjoy the blessings of being God's son. 
See, I mentioned earlier, July 4th, 1776, our country's birthday. The Declaration of Independence was signed by those in attendance, and a few days later, on July 8th in 1776, the first public readings of the Declaration of Independence were held in Philadelphia's Independence uh, Square, and as it was read, people celebrated. The bells were rung throughout the city. I would say this, are you free? Are you free? Is there a personal Independence Day on the calendar of your heart? See, we go, <laughs> you know what, if so, you have reason to celebrate. You have reason to celebrate. You're free. You've experienced a delivered life and, and, and enjoy a different life. A different life. Number three, you also get to enjoy the Lord of freedom. See, the words free indeed mean literally really free. You want to be really free. Let me remind you that a person, that, that Jesus is the person to set you free. He's the one who sets us free. Verse 36, he said, If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. It is Jesus that sets people free from the bondage of sin. Well, Pastor Pat, I can't do that. No, it's Jesus. There's no social program on the face of this earth that can set you free. Freedom is not found in a program. It's found in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, Jesus has the power to set us free. See, Jesus is the truth of, of verse number 32, and he said, uh, he's the son of verse number 36. He has the power to set you free, and sin may be powerful, but Jesus is more powerful. I might have to say that one again for you just to dwell on for a minute. Because you go, well, wait a minute, sin might be powerful, but Jesus is more powerful. Sin may enslave, but Jesus is the great emancipator. Today, we need to let Jesus set us free. See, we celebrate independence. And independence is freedom, isn't it? That's the privilege of our country. It's a privilege to live in America. And why wouldn't we live completely free? And free in Christ. See, I think too often we go, well, I, I get to live in America. Well, that's great. That's great. Spoke with a gentleman yesterday and his description of what was going to take place. And it was funny because there was another gentleman standing right there beside him that, that looked and just kind of smiled. And I said, it sounds like he's going to be in bondage for the next couple of days. You didn't have to put it that way, preacher. But it was true. It's true. We can be free and we can be free from our sin just as we live in the greatest country in all the world we have a savior who with open arms has said any any one who is willing he will save if I just say yes Lord if I say, come into my heart, save me. But I've got to be willing to do business with God. 
See, the book of Haggai is a very interesting book. It's a short little book. But the book of Haggai is really interesting because there's one thing that he says. I've seen it four times as I've been reading through and studying it, and I've seen it four different times. He says this, consider your ways. Consider your ways. Consider your ways. Hmm. In between those consider your ways, there's some description of who we are and how we behave. And I challenge you to go take a look and say, is that me? Is that me? Because if so, he's calling us out to say, deal with sin. Because sin always separates us. And he desires to have a relationship with us. Let's pray together.